Hello and welcome to Who Corner to Corner podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as always by my good friend Paul. That's Hi. Paul there. If, if you're listening, not watching, he's waving. Um, we probably should come up with a new intro really for the show, shouldn't we? we yeah, probably. Every yeah. Week, yeah. Um, but this is um, Meet the Whovians 4. So yes. if you've listened to us before, the Meet the Whovians episodes are ones where we chat to other fans and we talk about all sorts of things, how they discovered the show, um, their favourite doctors, uh, books that they love, audios they love, all sorts of different things. So this week uh, we're joined by Dom, who is at DomTorWho uh, from Twitter. We're joined by uh, Fraser Gregory, who is at Felix Fraser, I believe is his um, yep. his Twitter handle. And we're also joined by Mestor the Magnificent. Mestor the Magnificent. Um, great, that one. Yeah, and we mostly talk about books with Mestor because he's a big book fan. Big book so, fan. So um, that's enough from us. So uh, let's go meet the Whovians. Let's go for it. So um, Dom's joined us uh, tonight. We we chatted um, a little while ago, didn't we, as yeah. part of our We Love 13, uh, 13th Doctor celebration episode mm-hmm. uh, where we talked about Jodie Whittaker and her doctor and um, what she means to us and, and why we love her so much. But tonight uh, we wanted to have a chat for our, one of our Meet the Whovians yes. episodes where we talk talk to other fans about all sorts of Who-related stuff. Um, so I'm just going to go straight in here, Dom. Mm-hmm. How did you discover Doctor Ooh. Who? Ooh, big question. Nice question. It's a weird one. The, the answer is really weird. So it, it's like in two parts. <laughs> so oh, okay. We can have I, a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like the first time I I watched Doctor Who, I was 11 or 12. I was at my friend's house and we were just like watching TV for some reason and we we're just switching channels and at one point we ended up on the uh, French Canadian uh, sci-fi channel which which is called Zed. Anyway, random information that you don't need <laughs> at all. <laughs> but um and like all I remember from from what I saw on screen that day was yeah. a blonde woman without a face, which is the oh. Death Lantern in season two, series two. Yep. Sorry. Um, and then like I remember being like, "Ooh, that that's interesting. I like that." And then my friend got scared <laughs> and switched a channel. <laughs> so no. like, I remember, yeah, I remember walking home that day just like just thinking over and over again okay i need to look up that show like i i'd look at the the tv mm. guide to to see what the name of the show was which, yeah you know doctor who so i was like okay doctor who doctor who doctor who all the way back home yeah don't don't forget don't forget. and then i got back home and forgot about it <laughs> first no. thing i just forget about it. yeah so that's when my first meeting with doctor who ended uh, and then uh it was like I guess four or five years later was on Tumblr. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Some time Tumblr. had passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like sixteen at that point, and oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, I I got into BBC Sherlock before I got into Doctor Who, but like yeah. because of the friends I made in that in that fandom, I guess like kind of merged with Doctor Who so I kept seeing stuff on Tumblr about Doctor Who and I was like it was around the time where we didn't know who River Song was and I I was really curious about that like I kept seeing stuff about it was like hmm what's going on with that show (laughs) and then (laughs) kind of randomly I was watching uh, uh, an interview with Elena Bonham Carter on Craig Ferguson's show and Mm. like yeah he always had this little TARDIS on his desk and then at some point like I I, f- I remember this, and he just kind of took the TARDIS and went like, maybe one day you're going to be in that. And I was like, wait, 
maybe she could be the doctor? What? A woman could be the doctor? And I guess, like, between River Song and that, I was like, mm. oh my god, I need to catch up in case that happens. So, so yeah, I was 16. It was so, so it was between the, like, the first part of series six and, like, the second part. So, between mm. uh, yeah. A Good Man Goes to War and Let's Kill It, or, like, that's the yeah. moment in life where I just kind of binge everything. So, I started with nine. Uh, okay. And then I got to see series two with the Edith Slender, and I was like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Uh, That's it, that program! That memory That's the come, one I watched! Yeah, that memory Ting. comes flooding back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy to think, like, <laughs> all those years ago, I mean, I mean, it's been, it's been so long, but, like, I could have been a Hoovian mm. from, like, being age 11 or 12, but it took... Yeah, think of you know, all those years you missed out on. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, and like that's a peak age to watch Doctor Who. I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> Why did you yeah. forget? <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, I'm here now. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, that that's uh, that's destiny in mm-hmm. action that it that it came back round like that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You see, you see something sometimes there and it... It kind of captures the imagination, you know, and it scared your friend, and and you know she switched off. But you were thinking, oh, what what's that? What's that? Because I've done that with like, yeah. you know, hearing a song on the radio or something, mm-hmm. and you think, oh my god, that's you know, what is that? I must I try to remember that lyric or something. But then, you know, the day goes on, doesn't it? And that thing Write starts down to fade a little bit. On your bit hands. And, well, like Yaz, yes, <laughs> yeah, or, or record it on your phone or yeah, something. Yeah, okay, there's and, a technological uh, you know, answer. I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't have that at the yeah. time, Paul, like 2006. No. <laughs> no, no. So you you could have written it on your hand, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's brilliant that it that it came back yeah. a- around. And I suppose, but, but you know, where you're living, it was probably quite tricky to get hold of it on on TV. I guess was uh, it? I mean, on that Sci-Fi Channel, it like it, it played. I mm. guess we got the French translation at some point, maybe like a year or two later. So, and I think. It's right. pretty much still the same now, but um, in terms of like, like, had I wanted to watch it in English at that point, I wouldn't have been able to because I my English wasn't good enough right. to watch stuff at that point. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, because it's not my first language. But um, yeah. It, yeah, it's I mean it's like it's accessible in that sense. Like it, it was on TV, but it's not like it's not this huge phenomenon here. So it's it's kind of mm. not that well known so like your friends don't talk mm. about it at school yeah. so you're not yeah. tempted to go watch it so we don't have that kind of like whole process of like it being part yeah, of yeah. our culture that much so yeah I, f- I find it quite interesting when we talk to people like you or, or Millie McKenzie who's in New Zealand mm-hmm. you know how they discover the show and, and watch it yeah. bearing in mind it's not on you know mm. every Saturday night like yeah. we used to have just easy access you know so the, the fact that you know people discover it from outside of the uk and and then kind of hunt it down and you know fall in love with it i think is is brilliant yeah. really the joy of the internet so, that's it the joy yeah, of the internet yeah. <laughs> yeah indeed yeah, that's a that's a really good uh, that's a really good origin story for yeah i like that yeah. Who actually yeah. isn't it yeah, it's it really good it's quite interesting yeah. actually because so you kind of <laughs> imagine now that this uh streaming thing with disney plus should make it a lot easier for people yeah. outside yes. the uk to find so that's a massive benefit there Mm-hmm. That's going to be mm. interesting. Yeah. To watch mm. how it unfolds, I'm really curious to see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I hope they have you know the, the back catalogue on there for, for people to discover, yeah. Yeah. And, it, mm-hmm. and it's not just the new the new stuff you know that goes mm-hmm. out. So, uh, Dom, I probably know the answer to this, but 
well, I'm going to ask you anyway, <laughs> and you can tell tell us and our listeners. So, which doctor and which era is your favourite? Oh, here we go, straight in again. Look at that. And, uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to pause you there, Paul. We might end up being surprised here, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I I never liked the idea of having a favourite doctor because I, mm, like all of them are right. the, same, yeah. the same person. So I like even yeah. when I first started watching the show. And, you know, at that point, I thought David was my doctor, but I never called him my favorite doctor. Mm. And I still stand by that, by that statement that I don't have a favorite, but my doctor mm. in the sense of like, I relate to them and what they represent is the 13th doctor. No surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, yeah. what I was saying earlier about like the thought of having a woman playing the doctor getting me to watch the show like i mean i like i started watching the show already kind of hoping for that moment to happen so yeah there was no way she wasn't going to be my doctor but she it, it just really yes. like it worked really well like the the vibe just suits me 100 percent. i adore her and uh i guess yeah or era and and yeah yeah just all of it but i i like all of the show but it's it's just it's it all it a special yeah. place in my heart no. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. I mean, we're we're the same. I think you yeah. know. You, you're right. I uh, I love all the all the doctors. Mm-hmm. There was one that you know I I don't enjoy when I watch them or or listen to an audio. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I and I'm not into this ranking. Mm-hmm. You know, doctors' favourite to worst yeah. and all this stuff. I just I just I don't like that. But yeah, like like you and and probably uh, I think I can speak for Paul here. You know, there's something about Jodie's doctor that really kind of connected yeah. with yeah. us and uh, you know. She, she's my doctor mm-hmm. um, and and you know I love her and, and her version enormously um, mm-hmm. but I love all doctors it's a great thing about Doctor I know we've said it a lot of times but it's just constant change you know that mm-hmm. that for me is is the attraction to it. It's a show that never sits still. It's got a, it's got a massive back catalogue which you can just dip into and spend as much time in as you want, or you can just forget about all that and just just plow forward. Just just take the next thing as it comes. You can mm-hmm. soak up yeah. all the history of it, all the the backstage stuff, all the cast and crew, all the recurring storylines, recurring monsters. Or you don't have to, you know. I think everyone's yeah. experience of yeah. Doctor Who is is completely unique, and there are things that will kind of phase in and out of as we kind of go through our lives. But at certain points, we go through something in our own lives, and we see something reflected back at us from Doctor Who, and we think, "Oh my gosh, that that is now for me that moment right there, that story, that actor, that relationship, whatever it is, that suddenly just hits me at that point, and it's really, really special." Mm-hmm. And we've all got those things, we, you know, but they're all very different and very unique yeah. to all of mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And that's why we get loads of conflicts on Twitter and stuff like that. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. then that becomes one person's ideal Doctor Who and nothing else yeah. will do sometimes, yes. you know. So yeah. that's yeah, the downside exactly. of that, I suppose. Yeah. So, Dom, you, you were a fan of the show already and, and enjoying it. And so, like, for me, uh, I was kind of a you know, 10 out of 10. Fan, you know, ten out of ten. Ten, ten. ten out of ten. I, it's a ten I, I from loved uh, And then Jody turns up, and it and that just kind of goes through the roof. Yeah. And uh, I was like, God, my favourite show just became even better and, and even more amazing. So, was was it a bit like that for you? Was there any particular moment that kind of, uh, you know, other than a female doctor, was there one moment or anything that kind of made really stood out for you? And you thought that yeah, this is this is it for me. It's become, you know. The, the next level up something extra special i mean um it's 
I, I guess I got really lucky with like the start of the 13 Doctor era because I was at New York Comic Con when the episode mm. premiered and Jody was there with Chibnall and Matt Strevens. So that moment for me kind of you know, set the tone for the rest of the era, I guess. So, like, it couldn't get better right. than that because I was in a room, f- like, I was in, in Madison fucking Square Garden with thousands of people <laughs> and Jody and Chris and Matt. And, like, yeah. it doesn't get better than that. So, it's just, like, That's yeah, pretty kind special. of fills you with joy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, when COVID hit, that kind of, uh, everything kind of went to shit. But then I had mm. friends online and, you know, kind of created a, a network of, friends from all over the world that meant that I wasn't alone even though like maybe at home I was so I guess that just like all of that kind of really made that era even more special even like it's Mm. not it's not only about the show it's about all those little things as well I think that really kind of made it what Mm. it is for me those little friendships that you build through 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 a a common well kind of a a love of something yeah exactly well you know that's that's you know that's like you and me isn't it paul you know our, our it is our yes it is jeff across, yes across twitter <laughs> you know and and that's how we met you dom and yeah. you know various other people that we we talk with on you know on the podcast and on on chat and stuff and yeah what, what you just said there is is, is that a cat yes that's cat? my cat <laughs> so your cat yeah. he's cat. gonna cry for the whole time oh no so, you know, <laughs> it's been ignored yeah hey that's <laughs> a very big cat that looks like yes. a tiger yeah. yeah. He, she? That's Jarvis. <laughs> Jarvis. 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 Yes. Big Jarvis. Hi, Jarvis. Off, off, named after Tony he, he Stark. He's so named after AI. Mr. Jarvis and Agent Carter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> well, yes, that was, that was the, uh, the start of That was yeah. the start of Jarvis. The start of yeah. Jarvis yeah. AI, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Dom throws the cat at the wall. <laughs> she yeah. didn't. She didn't really. Honestly, she was good She's with on the cat. My bed. She, no. You throw that cat she, at the wall, uh, it'll go straight through it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> drop kicked it. It's no. a big. Cat. Dropped it. Uh, Pating style. Drop kick. No. <laughs> no, Jeff. This is cruel. Add some sound effects in there. So, uh, Dom, do you listen to much Big Finish? I try to, but I'm like, I, I, I can't keep up to date. There, there's just so much, and it mm. costs so much money. <laughs> I, it's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with yeah. you on this one. Yeah. yeah. I kind of wish they'd slow down Jody. a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, they'll have Jodie at yeah, some point. Yeah. I, I kind of part of me would like them to announce it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but a part of me would like them to wait a few years, like when mm-hmm. they said that Tennant was coming on to Big Finish. You know, that was really special yeah. then because you know it'd been a few years after the show, mm-hmm. and you know uh, maybe you know we were never going to get it again. It's a bit like you know now Capaldi says he you know he's done with the yeah. show and he he won't come back. I mean, it could of course be a lie, um, <laughs> but if he was ever to go and do big finish you know it'd be, it'd be really special yeah. so you know there's with, with jody yeah i'd love it but i also kind of want yeah. you know that that weight would make it extra special yeah. you know when it when it does happen but paul you you feel the same as dom don't you but well, i don't disagree either but there is so much big finish and and it's it's hard to keep on top of it, most it? of my big finish cds are still in there still in their cellophane wrapping 
So I, I, is that I rarely is that because you've split the uh, yeah. you've split the story. <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, I, 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 I've down, I've downloaded quite a few, so I just tend to play them on my phone. But yeah. there's there's a lot that I bought that I just haven't got around to listening to, and it it just seems like a shame because you know these things that they're not cheap. You know, they they they're really mm. not. I know they they do deals on occasion, which is which is mm. great, but. It's um, it's still quite so a huge amount of cash really if you want to get every single big finish. So I I do mm-hmm. get a bit annoyed with the the race of output and it annoys me to a degree because I don't think I mean the last few I, I listened to one a couple of weeks back when I was in London and I was just walking through town as so I had it in my phones and and that was good it was a good it was a good story but that was the best one I've heard for a long long time mm-hmm. you know and I do think there's a kind of averageness to a lot of big finish just a personal opinion they you know I, I don't get as excited by them as i used to and i don't feel like i need them as much as i used to i'm sorry that sounds really negative but you know i've, I've kind of yeah, had I'll, it I'll with spending bit. ridiculous <laughs> amounts of money on stuff like that yeah. no you he says you with right, three I mean, copies of the abominable snowman on yeah. steelbook <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which is you accidental hypocrite. by accident yeah uh, i didn't, didn't I, um, really do that there was <laughs> There is a huge amount of big finish, and I tend to, uh, I, I go through phases where I'll, I'll get, you know, not much, and mm. then I might go and order like three things mm. in the space of a couple of months. Um, but I tend to focus, I, I tend to limit it. So, like, I like the unit series, um, and I'll buy like, a, you know, tenth Doctor stuff, but I don't buy all the fourth or all the sixth or mm. you know whatever mm. Doctor. You know, uh, like I like the third Doctor Adventures, but I'll buy it if it's on an offer, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I, I think you you just have to kind of pick and choose really, yeah. and and there's no, you know, there's no need to listen to all of it, and I think that would probably be impossible as as well, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So we're joined uh, for this episode of Meet the Hoovians by a name that some of you might recognise from your Twitter travels. Uh, it's Mr. Fraser Gregory, uh, colon uh, champion of the damned. Yay! Hello, Fraser. <laughs> good evening. How are you? Hello. I'm very good. How are you? Yes, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good, thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah um, for people who are listening, um, would you like to tell them what your Twitter handle is? Because <laughs> for the people um, watching, we'll put it up on screen, you see. My Twitter handle is at Felix Fraser. Um, and yes, I am the champion of the damned. So, would you like to explain both of those yeah, things? Your handle, you can't have to and know, watch, uh, yeah, but being a champion of the damned, it sounds like an Anne Rice novel. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, the Twitter handle was just something I came up with. Um, I can't remember exactly where that started. Um, you know, obviously, phrase as my name, Felix, just kind of came into it somehow. Um, a champion of the damned is the nickname that my good friend Joe Ford gave me uh-huh. when I very first started podcasting. The um, the first podcast I ever did was the Space Museum on A Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife. Yes. We did a commentary on, on that. Um, so I came on and said wonderful things about the Space Museum, um, which led into me then going on to Joe's other podcast, which is the Nymon Be Praised, which is... Which was um, discussing the Dominators. So again, I came on and said, "Yep, um, nice things about the Dominators." Yes, um, yes. Quark life. <laughs> Quark hashtag Quark life. Indeed. Um, and that's that's where that came from. Um, obviously, I, you know the 
I am the man who comes on and says nice things about the stories that no one else wants to. <laughs> I, th- I think probably that that's where I first came across you actually because I thought, oh my gosh, here's somebody actually talking about the Dominators, and 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 they're talking about it in a really positive way. There's somebody who likes the Dominators, and I honestly thought that in life I was pretty much the only person who had anything positive to say about the Dominators because I've always loved it. I mean, the first time I came across it was when I got it on as, as a Target novel when it when it first came out. And I didn't even know it was a Troughton story because it didn't have the didn't have Troughton on the on on the cover of it or anything. I didn't kind of figure it out, no. you know, when it, when it, they're talking about Zoe and uh, and Jamie and that, and you think, ah, yes, it's Troughton story. But then I'm trying to picture it. And I think, well, I don't know where this is or anything. And I and I, I always loved it. And when it came to actually watching it on the TV, uh, which I think might have been UK Gold Times or something like that, I thought, well, this is yeah. this is all right. Why is everybody complaining about this? It's a perfectly good story with a load of good stuff going on in it. And it's very different. Like all of the Doctor Who stories in that season, they're all quite unique. They've all got their own little individual kind of little quirkinesses and and stuff like that. So, yeah, when I heard you sort of gassing on about it, I thought, yay, there's a champion right there, my friend. Fly that flag. (laughs) That's what I thought. Exactly those things. Yeah, I've flown that flag... um Die on that hill. That's what I meant to say. Oh, yeah. I have many, many hills <laughs> that I've, I've died on many, is, many times. Is Kill the Moon one of those hills? Because I've got one hill for that. Well, I did until we did our uh, <laughs> our, our podcast about it. You crushed my soul. <laughs> Absolutely, Kill the Moon is is quite a good episode. When you, when it's got some great drama in it. The the trick with Kill the Moon is you need to um, ignore the moon. Well, you need to ignore everything, really. I think with Killer Moon, and then it's all right. Or, or, or just if you go in, you know, the moon's an egg. It's fine. Yeah. Carry on. Just the go thing with is, it. If you go into that story and and think this is a story about the moon being an egg, mm. then you're not going to get on with it. If you yeah. go into the story and realise the real story is actually what's happening between the Doctor and Clara, yep. then it's a lot better. Yeah. For having that viewpoint on it, yeah, you know, the, the whole basis of the story is the Doctor putting Clara in that awkward position where mm, she has to choose, her, yeah. um, and, and forcing that upon her. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that the moon and egg is an egg is, is neither here nor there. To be honest, it's, it's not even like it's a fairly minor part of it, really, <gasps> isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. and and yet so, the story kind of presents it right front and centre. There's no getting away from it. It's always there. It's present in pretty much every conversation. So I am interested how this is possible to, to forget about this thing when it's literally thrown at you in every bit of dialogue. It's it's a MacGuffin, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, but if it's a MacGuffin, does it have any purpose in the story then? Should it even be there? It has to be there, otherwise Clara's choice is meaningless. Yeah. Uh, and and none point. of it because was, yeah. the, the, the point is that the Doctor makes Clara make this this choice, you know, does she save the Earth or does she save the the moon? Yes, the, the and then she is, and then she the puts moon. it to the vote. Yeah, in yeah. which you know, but that that is her choice. She has to make that mm. decision. You know, yes, she puts it to the vote and she, you know, ignores the vote. Thereby um, reflecting what the kind of doctor has to go through every single yeah. time, and yeah. it's the yeah. first time we kind of see that immediacy thrown at us really because Clara being the viewpoint clar- character that us that yeah. so now we understand the choices that the doctor doctor makes each time they're not mm. they're exactly. not always if easy that was, it's, it's if that more... was the moon of 
clom or whatever, it, it doesn't have that connection. It doesn't have that yeah. same um, impact on us. Possibly, except you could argue that actually it doesn't have any impact at all because because all the, the fantasy element of it creates such a cognitive sort of dissonance that it's it's difficult to really if you're struggling to relate to the whole idea of the moon as an egg are you going to buy into the rest of the story and it, it's it's different well, with each individual i would say you, yeah, you, but i my personal thing that. is that the story put by putting that right front and center kind of knocks everything else out of out of kilter and actually if they did make it the the fantasy moon of clom and told the same story in an allegorical manner actually i think it would make it more palatable at least for me it would anyway that, that's just my take on it you know what i mean like i don't pretend to be an that, expert or anything but we're, we're all allowed to be wrong on the podcast from time indeed to time. yes yeah but <laughs> but to be honest you know what what i love about your stuff Fraser, is that um you know did you did you put a tweet out quite recently, I think, didn't you, about um, Challenge Me to find something positive in every Doctor Who story? And I, th- I think you did it, which was fantastic. I've, I've done a couple of those threads now. I started yeah. with the 13th Doctor um, because it was a kind yeah. of a time, I think we were kind of coming into the power of the Doctor and mm. there was there was a lot of sort of negativity towards you know, Chris Chibnall and, and Jodie Whittaker and, and that whole year. And I just thought, you know what? stuff this let's I'm, I'm sick of seeing you know people you know slating stuff mm. on, on my timeline let's let's do the opposite I'm just, let's I'm going to just say I'm going to insert the uh, choir here going <laughs> <laughs> that's Murray Gold's choir we'll come to him in a minute um, <laughs> but yeah it was it was a case of let's you know celebrate what's mm. actually good about this era because you know no era has got you know, 100% hit rate. Yeah. There's always, you know, stories that fall a little bit mm. flat for you or don't work for you or whatever. So um, it was a case of each story, I'm going to say something nice about each story. Yeah, um, So brilliant. I put that that thread out. Um, and then once I'd done that, that was that was quite a uplifting experience. Mm. I thought I'll do the same about the 12th Doctor. Yeah. So I did a, a similar um, thread about the 12th Doctor. I'm working up to an 11th Doctor one, Um Similar. I've just, I just need to watch a few more stories because there's a few where I haven't yeah. seen them in, in long enough time to actually be able to yeah, really yeah, pick that yeah. mm. that really nice did, thing out of it. Did you find it difficult doing that, or you know, like for me, I I can always find something to enjoy and something that I like in an episode, and so you know, for me, like I'm just thinking, we we should do a, a podcast where we we all pick some episodes and have to say something nice about you know something that we liked about them yeah. i don't think i'd find it that difficult to do it but but how was it for you fraser did you find it you know, did you watch anything and you thought god you know what what can i like here uh, the theme <laughs> music you know <laughs> um you know some were harder than others some were were harder because i could own you know i wanted to see a lot of things you know something yeah. like the 11th hour um you know i could talk for hours I've talked for hours about everything that's fantastic mm. about the 11th hour um, you know something like say Sleep No More is a bit more tricky because when that doesn't land for you then mm. you know it, it's harder for you to see um, mm. you know the good you know, I think Arachnids in the UK is is one that I don't get on with that well um, but you know there's there's reasons why I don't get on with that story. There's reasons I don't enjoy it. Mm. But there's also things 
that is in there mm. um, to find. Um, the ones that were <coughs> were trickiest was against the ones that I haven't really watched that much. Um, so if I haven't seen um, an episode, say um, the woman who lived, I haven't watched that in quite some time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's mm. harder for us to, you mm. know get from memory um, and yeah, that's where I kind yeah. of am with them at the minute there's, there's a few where I need to just go back and just say look let's re-watch this um, yeah refresh because yeah. you know what I found is is going back and re-watching now is, is a lot more of a positive experience um, you know you, you, you kind of you build an impression in your mind of what a season's like and what a season's like and um, it can be it can really kind of drag you down. Um, mm. Something like season seven B, um, Matt Smith's final. Mm. You know that you, you think that oh that was a that was a dreary run of stories, and then actually you go and watch it, and you think no, it was all right. No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I was a bit like that with series six. So, uh, you know, yeah. for a long time I had thought it started out brilliant, and then it was just kind of okay. And then I rewatched it a, a couple of years ago now. I can't remember when, mm. but I thought actually I was I was. It was wrong. You know, this was this was stronger in my head than I'd kind of remembered it. And I yeah. think you know, like you're saying, maybe at the time when I watched it, it just didn't quite click. I don't know. But you know, coming back to it a bit older, a bit more grown up, hopefully, could sort of you yeah. know see it a bit differently and enjoy it a bit more. Because I think I think what happens is um, um, it's a, a point that um, Jason Thompson mm. has made on a, another podcast is we have. An expectation of watching a new story, mm. you know, you you expect. It's always a difficult a thing, to thing to happen. overcome, isn't it? Yeah, um, you have like a preconception. Mm. Um, you know, Legend of the Sea Devils, for example. You know, people went into that thinking this is going to be a certain story, and it turned out mm. not to be that story, and that was, you know, causes a disappointment. So sometimes yeah. you do need mm. a kind of. <clears throat> Step back a bit and give yourself let, a bit of time to yeah to come and let back them tell a, you the the story rather than kind of we've talked about this, haven't we, Paul? Rather than sort of you know head canoning you know your your wishes too much because th- yeah. that road seems to always lead to disappointment. You know, I, I always um, think that that's one of the biggest issues with, um, with with something like Hell Bent. You know, which is I mean, I I love Hell Bent. I I think it's yeah. fantastic. But I think that they're, you know, that for, for people who really, really got on with um, the one previous, Hev- Heaven Sent, wasn't it? Where mm, it's the yeah. Capaldi, you know, single on his own, the whole thing. It's quite an astonishing episode. And then along comes Hell Bent, and it's, it, it, it's, it, it's quite disruptive in terms of, you know, not just the kind of story following from Heaven Sent, but also the way it kind of treats Time Lords and Gallifrey and the Doctor's relationship mm. with them and everything else. And I, I, I've seen a lot of the negative stuff coming from Hell Bent, which when he kind of boiled down to it, I think 90% of it is actually, it's just not what I expected. It's not the mm. way I thought that story yeah. was going to go. Yeah, and it, it it's goes not back what to I normal, think of, yeah, after, yeah, you know, Rassilon and Gallifrey and, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it, it is a difficult thing. And I think maybe it's one of those things that, I'm, I'm broad brushstrokes here, but I, I think, you know, with, with maturity, you know, come you, you sort of develop that muscle, I think, to sort of, sort of overcome disappointment. Or maybe you don't actually. You know, maybe it gets more loose as you get older. 
So, or, or maybe it just doesn't matter at all, actually. It's just a, a tra- <laughs> way of training your brain to actually just think, Do you know yeah. what, I'm, I'm just going to see what comes and, you know, take it or leave it. But yeah, I, do I, th- think, I think that's it, yeah. I, I do think sometimes it's a, it's a case of, you know, you watch it once and, and not everything kind of sinks in. It's In certain Doctor Who stories, it's almost like too much is coming at you, certainly with mm, the, mm. a lot of the modern ones. And you, you need that time to sort of go away, let it settle, come back, watch it again, kind of knowing the shape of the story and what's going to happen, and then sort of relaxing a little bit more and, and letting more of it kind of saturate into into the old grey matter. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know. Anyways, that's just thoughts. Good, good conversation. I like it. Good, so, good. Fraser, tell us, let, let's go all, let's go all wibbly wobbly and take you back to when you first became a Doctor Who fan. How did that happen for you, my friend? What was that shining light through the heavens kind of moment? It was um, a Dalek went up the stairs and ah. shouted exterminate 23 times at Sylvester McCoy. Remembrance of the Daleks, <laughs> episode three, two, one, one, one. yeah, I knew, I one. knew it. See, I just, I just know this shit like that. It just comes right off my so head. Did, did you just happen to catch that on TV when it was on, or you know, were you sort of watching it anyway, but then that was like a you know, mind-blowing moment, or you know, how did that kind of do it so, for you? Um, you know, I was, um, you know, I was, I was born in 1979, um, so I would have been eight when that same age as you, Jess. Look at that. Yeah, Paul was about went 30 out, then, so, I think. You know, there is there is a definite correlation between people who were born in 1979 and having Sylvester McCoy as being the first Doctor yeah. Who that they've watched and becoming fans mm. because of, you know, season 24, 25, and 26. Um, so obviously, I was aware of of Doctor Who before then. Um, I was. I have a very, very vague memory of watching Time in the Rani and the Doctor regenerating. You know, going from a blonde man in a red coat to <laughs> a dark-haired man in a red coat. Um, it's a total Mandela effect because the memory that I have is completely different mm. to what is um, <laughs> what is on screen. But you know, I have that memory. I remember asking my mom and saying, "You know, what's happening here?" And my mom saying, "Well, he's regenerating. He's becoming a new person." Um, I was obviously aware of. Of, of Daleks before then, yeah. um, the Blackpool exhibition yes. in the 80s I was taken to and um, I remember there's a bit where you went round a corner and there was a Dalek in a case mm. screaming exterminate and that was me terrified <laughs> from that point. So um, obviously this, I, f- oh, I should have looked up the exact date, um, you know, in October 1988 when Remembrance of the Daleks first played, it was a Wednesday evening. Uh, up against Coronation Street, so um, I was at home with my grandmother. Um, my mum did brownies on a Wednesday, so she right. was out um, doing that. So my my grandma was was the babysitter, so would watch Wogan, and oh, then yeah. went <laughs> into the next program. Next program's Doctor Who. All right, okay, yeah, I know Doctor Who. You know, let's give this a watch. Um, you know, until my mum gets home. So went through. <laughs> Part one, mm. you know, all the the thrills and spills and excitement of, um, you know, of, of Daleks, you know, getting blown up with the th- yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. It's, it it hits the ground running from the start, doesn't it? You got it that, absolutely does. That, that battle scene at the at the start of it in the in the it's, it's so reminiscent it? of it's it's a, it's a very um, modern era mm. story mm-hmm. when you think about it. It's, it's your 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 big season opener, which has got all the explosions and all the action and but you know, it doesn't skimp mm. on the character detail as well when you get into it with Ace and Mike and um, 
in the doctor and um jeffrey from yeah. fresh prince discussing sugar <laughs> um but ultimately what happened was at the end of that episode that dalek started going up the mm. stairs um to threaten the doctor and i was absolutely terrified of wow. that um that absolutely sent me um into you know a state of of, of distress to the point where um the following week i wasn't allowed to watch really oh, really the next episode, yeah, yeah. Um, my grandmother refused to let us watch it on the basis that if I was going to be that scared, she wasn't. She wasn't going to be you responsible know, for it. Not, <laughs> not on my watch. <laughs> not on my watch sort of She's thing. Not so she let your mum deal with it. <laughs> so she actually made me video it. I had to video the episode and watch it the next day. Oh, really? Yeah. When, when you were home. Well, that, you know, that was school, good. When her, my mum got know. home from work yeah. and yeah. I watched it in the, in the afternoon when it was light and, and I wasn't going to be as scared. So that's... <laughs> that, is kind of like the moment Brilliant. that made me a fan. Really, that is, you know, the first time I can actually remember watching, you know, an episode of Doctor Who, and yeah. that, that's a bit my my convention story now. I've, I've that, <laughs> that, that a few times, you know. So, um, it, but yeah, that's it, that's the real, yeah. the real Origin. moment, you know. Yeah. From there, it was you know watch the rest of season twenty five, yeah. then into season twenty six, and then somehow. You know, keep Keeping that up. keep that flame going. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's a good point actually, because it must because for both of you guys actually, I think you you would have come round to it because because you Jeff, you've always said it. Sylvester McCoy was your yeah. Was your I, first I, I remember seeing um, Sylvester, and, and I can quite vividly remember Silver Nemesis and mm. thing on the Cybermen were cool. And at some yeah. point around that time, Faisal, maybe a bit before, there must have been repeats or something because I, I can remember seeing uh, Peter Davidson playing cricket and, and I can remember seeing bits of Tom as well on, on TV but you know that wouldn't have been you know when it went out you know for for yeah. pro- broadcast I don't think mm. um, or, or maybe like you say this Mandela effect maybe it was and I don't, you know, I don't remember um, <clears throat> and I remember being um, and I've told this before Paul but, but being at my grandparents in Cornwall with, with my dad there and um wanted to go watch uh, Doctor Who uh, and my dad said no uh, and my grand said oh let, let him watch it dear <laughs> and um, it was the I remember it was the last episode of, of Battlefield and uh, mm-hmm. you know sort of I, I don't remember you know what was said on the you know on the, on the broadcast or anything but I seem to remember that that was the last one you know and um and then like you just said like keeping the flame alive after that mm-hmm. you know so we've talked Paul and I didn't to sort of do anything with it after that until the TV movie came on. Oh, I like Doctor Who. Oh, you know, I'm going to watch that. And then, you know, it was years later when, you know, the new series started and stuff and then kind of discover Target novels and things. I didn't know anything about any of that. You know, as far as I was concerned, it the, the Doctor it and Ace walked off and they stopped. Yeah. And then, it, you know, it came back a few years later. I didn't know any, you know, there was a whole other world you know, stuff that, that I didn't know anything about. Well, you guys would have been and, quite young you know, as well, wouldn't you? Because um, so... I've got a date here, Fraser. Fifth of October, nineteen eighty-eight. There you go. That's that. That's the date of episode one of Remembrance. So, yeah, so I would have been, would have been eight. And that yeah. would have, so that's that. Put narrows it down even closer. To about maybe two minutes to eight on, <laughs> on that evening. <laughs> so, so, that, well, so, so it's quite an early age 
to to be introduced to something and then you know for it to continue for another just literally one more season after that so you've got two full seasons yeah. and then that's it, it just just finished at mm. which time you're probably what 10 going on to 11 thereabouts and there's no more doctor who unless you know or somehow come across things like the target books or new adventures the comics doctor who magazine stuff like that did did, did you did you manage to keep it going with with that sort of stuff the extended <coughs> Um, I mean, I've read one Target mm. um, when I was young, and that was the Dalek Invasion of Earth. Oh, I remember that getting that from from the library. Um, I can't remember exactly when I read that. I don't know if that was, you know, um, before or after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at the end of of, of twenty six. But what um, I do remember is I, I wasn't aware that the series had been cancelled. Mm. Um, as far as I was concerned, it was it was coming back. I remember having a conversation with my mum in the cafe of Asda one Friday evening as we were <laughs> I that. something to eat before going to the going and doing the shopping yeah, yeah. about about Doctor Who and saying, well, you know, when's it coming back, sort of thing. And my mum saying, well, it's not. It's it's done. It's been cancelled. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh well, fair enough. That makes sense because <laughs> they had, yeah. Well, that kind of makes sense because you know, in the, in the last series, mm. they had the Master, they had Cybermen, they had Daleks, they had pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, so. The big ones, you know. I knew, you know, enough of the program to mm. know, you know, what was going on with it. I think, um, you know, when Davros appeared in Remembrance, it wasn't like a massive, um, you know, who's he? Yeah, yeah. Like, ah, yeah. That guy, mm. yeah. So I was aware of of the character of Davros. Um, so yeah, like I said, I had this um, uh, one book which I read, and then that somehow. And just my general interest kept mm. me going until um, I think it was 1992 or 91 or 92 because the very next story I remember seeing after that is the pilot episode. Oh, okay. The pilot version mm. of Unearthly Child. Unearthly Child. Yeah. Um, the BBC repeated that as part of a... They did, you're right. Yeah, I remember um, it. They had a, a day of programming mm. to celebrate Lime Grove Studio. That's right. Um, I don't know if it was because it was yeah. just for the crack of it or if it was being shut down or whatever but they had a, a whole um, day of programming or morning of programming around that and that was one mm. of the things they showed, I think they showed um, and, and I think that was the first time that had ever been seen on TV hadn't it? Yes. It, it never been used yeah. previously never been transmitted yeah so that was you know I remember watching that and that was just that's just awe inspiring mm. you know when you are um, a young fan young person who is knows that they love this thing <laughs> You know, laws that it's um, you know something special to have mm. that very first episode drop mm. with so many th- new things being introduced. You know, the TARDIS yeah, for yeah. the first yeah. time, and you know, seeing that first takeoff where it knocks everyone out, yeah. which it never does ever again. I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's then, so mysterious, isn't it? It's so atmospheric. Yeah. The whole everything, and I, th- I think in the and in the that, pilot, it's kind of a little bit. It, slightly darker it's a bit more edgy isn't it I think they soften it up yeah. than the, the, the actual version but sorry I interrupted you you, you were saying no it's that, that final shot mm. where you know the TARDIS materialises in that shadow yeah yeah falls it's kind of falls across it yeah the landscape and that could be any, you know mm. it wasn't until obviously I bought the VHS a couple of years later that you realise well actually that's you know it's a it's a caveman yeah. we've actually <laughs> we're historical we're not we're not on yeah. you know an alien planet it looks very alien planet mm. Um, and yeah, it could be anything, but it's not. Um, so that was just, you know, a, a, a startling piece of, mm. um, you know, television. So um, after that, the BBC again started repeating more and more 
um, stories um, that had the sort of the pizza that they were showing for the 30th anniversary where they've had mm. one doctor story maybe for that, each doctor which maybe they, that's what I'd seen uh, maybe uh, yeah yeah. In, quite in possibly my, um, the short um, it was a long short. time ago my, my brain is foggy you know, <laughs> oh, was man. it was it before or after the Silver Nemesis? I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I think they did the the demons at some point, didn't they? Because there was they did the demons th- th- that was being recolorized, and it, it was kind of showcasing yes. that technology. I think in a program that was tied up with it, and if I remember, something like that. Yeah, um, they showed the demons. They showed um, the tame meddler. Yes, the mind robber. Yeah. the sea devils. Ah, sea devils. Genesis of the Daleks. Mm. Caves of Androzani, Revelation of the Daleks, and then Battlefield again. Mm. So, um, you know, again, that's just a really brilliant way of just dipping your toe into the entire yeah. entire history of the series. But the thing that that really got me into fandom, it really got me into Doctor Who, was the, the VHS range. Mm. Mm. You know, what everyone else has done with, with Target books, I did with VHS, and, yeah. and I was going out and buying... Um, you know, had the the at the time the um, the catalogue. Okay. You, know, you, used to, you used to get like a little um, yeah little, little the, booklet. Little booklets. Yeah, these is this is what we've got. You know, mm. ticking them off and <laughs> going to buy next. And, That's uh, the fan thing, know, isn't it? That. Yeah, tick got yeah. got yeah. want want tick. Yeah, got yeah yeah. 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 You, you know, know I've, you I've still got get things to buy like one yeah, yeah. in yeah. my kids' toys no. these days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Checklist, yeah. yeah, yes. There's there's nothing so much fun as a as a checklist. Yeah, I I used to do that in my yeah. target books. Yeah, just just take them all off. Yeah, didn't you? You had a spreadsheet, didn't yeah. you? I I did have a spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. I still got the spreadsheet because yeah. I yeah. need it now because I know what books I've actually got, <laughs> so I don't buy them again because that's happened a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, more than once. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, of course, because the the VHS. I mean, actually, I mean, we talk about the wilderness years, but. In a way, there was probably more Doctor Who content coming out than I think we'd ever seen before because that was when, like you said, the, the VHS, the, the videotapes yeah. took off and we had UK Gold was on at the time, which is actually the first time I'd ever seen a lot of those old stuff. So I was, you know, the years previous, for me, you know, I was a little bit older than you two guys, but I, I, the, the Target books were my kind of window in, in Doctor Who. And then I became yeah. a fan in the 80s. With, with Actually, Warrior's Gate was the first one I, I kind of sat and really took notice of because I'm like whoa this is kind of freaky I mean you know sort of growing up with Brains of Morbius and you know those sort of things but never really sat and took notice until I saw caught some of Warriors Gate and then through Davison but I've, but for me actually a similar thing between the end of Tom Baker and start of Peter Davison um, they repeated that or they did that Five Faces of Doctor Who season yeah. which showed an earthly child and the Crotons and the three Doctors and Carnival of Monsters <laughs> and then Legopolis again and and that for me was the first time I'd seen those old stories. Now I I kind of wonder if you sort of know that you're a Doctor Who fan. I mean you know it anyway, right? I'm just sort of gatekeeping in a way here. But you know I I kind of think if you can you know no matter what era you come into it, no matter how old you are, if you can watch it as it is now, love it so much that you want to see more, and then go back and watch some of those old black and white ones and think, wow. That's astonishing, you know. Really get the the, the flavour of that and feel that frizz on in your blood. I think then you know, beyond any question of a doubt, that you're a you're a, you're a Doctor Who fan. You're mm. born to be a Doctor Who fan, right there. That's that's what it is. Sorry, kids. 
you know but if you feel that you are a doctor <laughs> who fan you may be yeah. in denial but it's a fact right now if you bought season Don't two deny the collection it, embrace it you are a doctor who fan yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so fraser what which doctor and era would you say are your favorites or, or do you oh. feel like you just love it all but you you know and there's no bad doctor or era which is kind of how we feel isn't it paul but you have one or yeah. two that you know you kind of gravitate a bit more towards i think um you know growing up you know in this this era when you know i'm, I'm buying you know crossing off my list and buying VHSs <laughs> and and whatnot i was i was very um torn between the pertwee mm. and the hinchcliffe eras yeah um you know, there was a lot of a lot of Hinchcliffe released, not so much Williams era Tom Baker, uh, and obviously there was a lot of Pertwee's because they, they were doing that thing where they were recolorising mm. and, and releasing, uh, and they were repeating them as well. So um, I watched a lot of John Pertwee in that time and a lot of Tom Baker, and they, those were, um, you know, my go-to's. <laughs> um, you know, you know, John Pertwee was just so yeah. um, cool. You know, dashing and. You know, he was, he was the man. You know, he suffered no fools whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and then you've got, you know, Tom Baker with the, you know, the, the witty put downs and the, mm. the quips, and you know that same sort of sense of humour that I have. Um, so that really connected. Um, looking at it nowadays, you know, I, I, I have got that massive love for um, for the McCoy era. Mm. You know, there's just something so. Um, you know, fundamentally, yeah, good about mm. it. You know, you we've we've kind of weathered that storm of the um, the trope being that Sylvester McCoy was the worst Doctor. Yeah. You know that yeah. just got uh, you know trotted out. Know, you know, in in uh, Radio Times, and mm. you know, haha, it's an easy joke to make when you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that's easy criticism, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think we've kind of weathered that now a little bit, mm. and, and Sylvester McCoy is getting the recognition that he he deserves, and and, and Tom yes, Colin Baker as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, is, yeah. is is getting sort of reappraised, and you know the. You know that that season twenty two it is it, it has got its its difficult moments mm. when you know the doctor and the companion aren't getting on and the doctor isn't always a likable mm. a likable person um, but you know you, you go back and you you see what Colin Baker's doing yeah, and, yeah definitely you know, he's, he's, yeah. you know for all that he is you know loud and brash mm. and um, argumentative he is undoubtedly the he's doctor Absolutely. he is one of the more doctorish yeah. you know doctors he is that. Mm. Um, absolute, you know, rod of iron moral yeah. compass. He is. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. You know, you, you can. I also think you can compare the sixth Doctor and the twelfth Doctor side by side yeah. quite happily. Mm-hmm. And actually, you can compare any Doctor and you find traits of them around. Some obviously tend to be yeah. more dominant, I guess, guess than others. Yes. But you know, I think. Well, we all know, don't we? That there was an intention for that journey for the six doctors to undergo a kind of journey of sort of softening up and a you know through through which obviously yeah. didn't didn't quite happen but you know he's he's got the range in every story he's there oh, and absolutely you know some of the stories aren't perhaps doing doctor who any favors i was you know, i was watching season two quite recently yeah. and i was i mean the two doctors is is one of my favorites i i, I love it to bits 
but there are moments, and I'd never thought about this when I was a teenager watching it. I was just gobbling it all up because I just loved it too much. But, yeah. you know, there's some real moments where you think they probably didn't need that. You know, walking in, uh, what, what's his name? Shock Eye walking in with a Santaran's half leg in his hand and it's all just <laughs> covered in green. And just, just a, an episode before, he just munching on a rat corpse. You know what I mean? You think yeah. when, when the program's under fire, it probably doesn't mm. need to do that. But still, you know, it's... It's yeah. a cracker. I mean, you just know it's Robert Holmes just having fun and Eric Sayward just kind Absolutely. of just saying too terrified probably to take anything out because his Robert Holmes is such a such an icon, such a legend. But yeah, I think Eric Sayward's you know probably along for the ride and thinking, what am I going to learn from? Yeah, this, I think you're right, actually. This guy, yeah. You know, um, walking in, he walks in with his with half a leg in his hand. That's genius. More of that stuff. You know, <laughs> The kind of the, the issues I have with that story yeah. is, is more the way the doctor's portrayed, you mm. know, um the um you know, when he does dispatch Shokai, you know, towards the end oh, is that yeah. sort of like is that quip and I think yeah. what you need to do there is is kind of look at that through the lens of um the culture at the time, you mm. know. Um it is an attempt to make the Doctor James Bond. That's it. It's it's the the one liner, isn't it? Which I think they they did in yeah. Vengeance and Varos as well, didn't they? Or, yeah. or was it just yeah? There's a little yes, look or something. I mean, you know, the the guy falls into the the deep fat the acid bath. Mm. And there's, there's, <laughs> there's a kind of a quip there, and you know that that's very sort of eighties action hero. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? it is. So which yeah. is which is the air, the time that that it's in, and you know, so you you think well, you know, it's not what I want the Doctor to be doing, but it's it's kind of, you know, what what people at the time. Yeah, wanted, exactly. Yeah, I mean, e- even to to be. even like um, you know, talking about John Pertwee, the third Doctor. I mean, I just watching Day of the Daleks a little bit earlier on, and there's that bit where he comes around the house with a with a gun in his hand and just blasts an ogre yeah. on quite casually, you know, because again, he's just doing that sort of you know that sort of seventies action man kind of thing, really. Again, yeah. sort of James Bond and uh, what's what's his name, Jason. Forget his name, Fleming. No, 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 not Jason Bourne. The, the guy with all the beardy stuff, played by Peter <laughs> Wingard. Can't remember his name now. I'll think about it. It'll come oh. to me. It'll come was to it me. Department S. Yeah, yeah, it? that. Co- yes, it was Department yeah. S. Yeah, and his his character in there. You you guys talk. I'll Google it. But anyway, you, yeah, you're right though because you you do have to, you know, sort of look at through, look at the lens when. Well, well, do you have to? Should a program stand up on its own without you having to look through the lens? I think you. Maybe yes, but it's unavoidable, isn't it? You know, these things are art. Yeah. They're always a product of the culture that, that mm. spawned them. They're part of the zeitgeist of, of, of everything. So it's... Um, and, and also, a te- you know, the technical sort of state of things at the time yeah. as well. You know, you, you can't watch them and go, well, that, you know, that's crap. But, you know, the effect you can't watch Doctor Who and think but, that at all. No, no, no. That's just that's just not a thing. <laughs> but you know, at, at the time, you know, stuff would have been maybe not so much for Doctor Who, but you know what I mean. Mm. Stuff would that was as good as it got at the time. You know, and you yeah. can't judge that sort of stuff by today's standards because then you you're just going to prevent yourself from enjoying something mm. on, on that angle. I mean, you know, the thing to remember is, you know, in, in twenty years' time, you know, today's standards are going to be outdated. Yeah, mm. and twenty yeah. years from that. You know, so, so, yeah. you know, I I have a very good filter for special effects and production <laughs> values. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, I've always said that as long as I can understand yeah. what you were aiming for mm. in that story, then you know, a wonky set or a yeah. you know, 
alien made of tin foil doesn't matter is not mm. yeah, it's, it's not, not enough what's to gonna, spoil it is it yeah no it's not going to take me out that story it's not going to um, you know spoil it for us you know the things that you know get me into a story is is the story itself mm. it's mm. it's that combination of the plot you know what plot you know what story are you wanting to tell us and how you're going, yeah. about, going about telling it you know is it through your characters is it through your plot what's your dialogue like that mm. is all um you know what what engages me in this show you know anything like yeah. um you know the, the the special effect is a bonus mm. on top of that yeah. so you go yeah, back to remembrance of the daleks mm. you know you you kind of you see that dalek shuttle coming down you know and that's an amazing shot and oh, the yeah. wind is blowing out and you know the special weapons dalek trundling mm. off and you know the the crew blowing up half of half of london um you know it's astonishing that's just great yeah it is you know that that's the gravy mm. on top of the meal for me yeah it is you know, I, I remember i remember that when it went out and i i was just so taken by it i i i mean i i've always been a fan of sylvester mccoy's doctor right right from the off i think well maybe time in the rani is not my favorite and i don't think he does himself or the production does him any favors in that but nonetheless there's an energy to that story and 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 sylvester mccoy within it that keeps you through it and i just remember thinking you know there's definitely more to this doctor and then paradise towers as the rest of it kind of unravels i was absolutely i i love the seventh one i think it's fantastic and i i remember going to school and and maybe slightly off topic but I, i remember sort of defending Sylvester McCoy's Doctor with, with 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 my buds, you know. Nobody else watched Doctor Who now. They they they're all doing something else. There's me going into sixth form, and and, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, Lavelle's watching Doctor Who, yeah. And I'm like, no, but it's really good. It's brilliant. And they're like, no, it's no shit. You know, what do you watch that? It's for babies, mate, and all this sort of rubbish. But like, no, no, you know, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Who ain't what it used to be. Ah, shut up. And then, but then, of course, they come out with something like the Candyman. Now, again, right, the filter comes in. I'm like, no, I get, I get what they're doing. You know, yes, okay, there's a bit of Bertie Bassett ripoff, but I get what that is. Character is psycho, right? And it's part of the whole kind of bizarre element, you know, the, the, the noirish kind of almost surreal tone to that story. It absolutely fits that the Candyman could look like that. And I know in the original, they didn't want him to look like that, but that's how he came up. But it, it still works. And I thought, yes, I get this. I see it. Whereas you read the papers and it's all like, Bertie Bassett rip-off Doctor Who has reached the bottom of the barrel. Mm. You know, when you think back to the days of Tom Baker and Davros and the Daleks, this is a different kettle of fish. Mm. You think, no, you don't understand it. You don't get it. These stories are deep. They're laid. They're structured. Like, your dialogue is brilliant. The story's fantastic. And then you get, like, Remembrance of the Daleks, which even blows out the water with brilliant special effects, and they're like, oh, the Daleks are back. Whoopie-doo. That's a fuck off. <laughs> no, no, just, sorry, my my rage kind of set in. It, it was very it difficult was, being a Doctor Who fan in Twitter, the late eighties as a teen. Twitter in print. <laughs> that's that's so funny because um, you know when I said you know I was born in nineteen seventy nine, so you can tell yeah. that I am a you know a fan of Sylvester McCoy. If you said you know, you know I was born five years before you, I could have pinpointed that <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I could have said that word for word. You know that you know you were going to school, mm. Doctor Who was. M- a mockery. Remembrance of the Daleks came along. You said, "Fantastic! Yeah. Look how good Doctor Nobody Who is. Cares. This is brilliant. Blah blah yeah. blah." You've all got to watch it, mm. and then the next one, it's Bertie Bassett, yeah. and then you were just whacking you. Or, or as I like to say, <laughs> for every Earth shot, there's a time flight. 
for every case of Androzani, <laughs> there's a twin dilemma. You know, that's what Doctor Who is. It builds you up and then it can throw you down again. But even within those cardboard, that you know, those cheap budget end, you know, end of the season kind of things, there's still there's still lots to love in there. You know, but, there's, there's but still then something. It's, you know, someone else will think exactly the opposite of yeah. how you. And, and that's the thing, know. isn't it? Because yeah. even whilst people are trashing Sylvester McCoy, you know, in the press and everything else, you know, there are people like you guys who are growing up with him as your first doctor, mm. and that's your way into the show. And that yeah. has kind of opened up all the the other parts of the show as well and given you all this yeah. stuff that we all sort of enjoy. And I think it's something that, you know, we sometimes forget <clears throat> that, you know, whatever... Doctor Who is when you get older it might not be the same as you were when you were a kid but that doesn't mean to say it's any less powerful or any less magnetic or any less wondrous or fantastical or any of those things you know to new kids who are just experiencing it for the mm. first time that's their yeah. doctor this doctor right now is that nine-year-old's way into the whole universe and yeah. they've never seen David Tennant before they've never seen Matt Smith they got no idea of that the first Doctor Who if they see is the is the, the 60th well they will be tenant but that's you know that's a new that's a different thing but that's that's their first experience that's their jumping on point you know and yeah. and we can't suddenly say you know we can't turn around at people and say well you know you're not a true fan unless you've watched you know the talons of wen chiang backwards or something you know or or, or sat through endless reruns of the <clears throat> space museum on a loop something like that or unless yeah, you understand you know, the reference like um what is it a, a helmet for a space cow you know exactly when that came out it's like no it's just fun for everyone you know adventures yeah, in you know, space it, it and time it shouldn't matter when someone gets into it you know like you said that's what they they discover it and they enjoy that and that's what resonates and if you know if, if you're kind of a bit bit older and you think oh that's not as you know that's not as good as it used to be or whatever it doesn't matter you know it's that's how they've got and i always think it's a little bit like you know the star wars films i'm not a star wars fan but you know people our age you know liked the original lot and then they hated the prequels but there was i never hated the prequels i loved well, the prequels. you're an anomaly but there's people watching the prequels yeah the age of those guys when they watch the first ones and they love the, the mm. prequels and then the same thing yeah. will have happened with the sequels exactly and, you know, right it's not it's not fair to say you know well they're they're shit okay maybe they are but but someone who was your age when you mm. discovered star wars has enjoyed that and that's given them a love of star wars which has you know progressed through but you know just watch grogu that's the good stuff <laughs> 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 you like you like Grogu, don't you, Jeff? I know. You I know. do it's, like Grogu. It's the only bit yeah. of Star Wars I think you really <laughs> like, isn't it? The Mandalorian. It, it's, um, it's not that I dislike uh, any of it particularly. Mm. It just it just never just caught thing. on. But funnily enough, you know, there's videos of me when I was younger, mm. probably five, uh, at my aunt and uncle's in Scotland. They overlooked Loch Ness, and I'm playing with Star Wars toys <laughs> that my my uncle had a VHS camera. You know, so I liked it. You know, when I was, you know, younger and, you know, your sort of age phrase when it was out and stuff. But it just never kind of stuck with me over the years. And then when um, Mandalorian came out, you know, Mm. everyone sort of went mad for it. Eventually I thought, I'll give this a watch. uh, (laughs) His size as he's doing it. (laughs) Anything now that's got kids in it, and particularly father and son stuff, it it gets me. Because you can relate to it. I can relate to it. Mm. And I was like, he's little and green, but he's lovely. (laughs) 
you know <laughs> and and I particularly like the you know the Mando character I think he's you know kind of upstanding mm. and decent and you know moral and all that and you know the fact that there's a helmet but you can still kind of relate to mm. him through the vocal work and stuff and you know it's, it's a great show uh, and I know enough about Star Wars to kind of to, to get it you know the, the bigger picture on it but mostly I'm interested in them and their journey mm. I don't watch any of the other stuff because I'm not that yeah. bothered yeah. you know so you, you much of a Star Wars like. fan, Fraser? Um, very much like Jeff. Um, you know, grew up with Star Wars. Star Wars mm. was was the thing um, in the eighties, wasn't it? Um, mm. You know, Star Wars: Back to the Future, Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, those yeah. were the big, yeah. the big sort of things in growing up. So it was a it was a part of growing mm. up. But you know, it's never kind of ignited that you know interest and enthusiasm like like Doctor Who has. Mm. Yeah, um, so you know, it's again just going back. <coughs> You know, confirm what you were saying there. Obviously, my my son is ten now, and he um, loves the prequels. Mm, yeah, you know, he loves you know, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. It's, it's, it's. I'm trying to find other words to say than God awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not for you. It's not the is, best. It's not for me. <laughs> yes, it's not for me. <laughs> That's but obviously, it is for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he loves it. Uh, he. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he genuinely loves mm. that. He'll watch that again and again. You know, he um, is is a 13th Doctor fan. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, he's, he's not like a massive fan like like we are, but, you know, we sat and we watched all of season, uh, series 11 mm. together, Great. you know, on, on broadcast. You know, it was a, um, it was the perfect thing yeah, for yeah. us. At mm. that time, we'd just had our second child so he would go to bed at seven mm. um, it was a Sunday night so you know Luca would do his homework would put all out of bed you know and seven o'clock was the time for me and Luca and Bianca my wife to sit and watch Doctor Who oh, together lovely. and so we had yeah. that you know, those ten weeks mm. of yeah. you know of, of, of doing that and he was well caught up with that he <laughs> had his 13th sonic screwdriver and everything he's he's kind of went off the boil a little bit yeah. um, with Doctor Who now but we did sit and watch Flux Um because I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> top parenting, my friend, right there. If you want your <laughs> you know, dinner, it's flux. <laughs> um, he, he, it's, it's it's funny because he kind of turned off on on season twelve, yeah. you know, when when the the previous stuff was coming in back in when sort of the master was mm. was back, you know, it was, you know, it's yeah. Uh, I think he made it to um, Orphan fifty five, mm. and then you know he, he didn't pick up after that. So yeah, yeah. Um, when we went into like. You know, power of the Doctor. It was a bit like you know, is he going to follow this? Mm. Is he actually? Yeah, going to, there's a lot to get. Um, yeah. You know, even Flux. You know, um, I did um, the Trap One podcast special with on the Vanquishers, mm. the last part of of the Flux, and um, what Cy Hart, the host, did there was asked us all for our predictions of how that was going to wrap up, and um, you know, so I gave him mine, which was obviously you know that the quarks are going to turn up. And <laughs> defeat swarming yeah. as well. Um but I also asked Luca as well you know I said well, what do you mm. think is going to happen at the end of this and it was actually Luca's predictions that were the most accurate really oh, that's <coughs> on, on that night I think but it um, would have I mean I love it but it would have been better with quarks you know anything's <laughs> better with quarks quark, quark stick the quarks in <laughs> yeah I'll tell do, you what do you remember when um, oh, sorry I was just going to say remember when Saranga conundrum came mm. out and and Twitter was like, it's the worst episode ever. Absolutely terrible. And I thought, well, I, I really quite enjoyed mm. that one. And I showed my kids Pating, 
<clears throat> the next one is so my son is eight and my twin girls are, are five uh, next week and uh, I thought the platoon was brilliant you know he burped and they laughed <laughs> oh he's gross look at his butt you know and I thought Doctor Who is a, a hard show to make for many reasons but they're trying to appeal to you know the oldies like us mm. you know the, the, the youth and, and the actual youth who are under ten you know and um, it's it's a quite it's a balancing act, you know. So the people who hated Saranga conundrum for you know whatever reason, you know, m- my kids who were I don't know, five and well the girls are probably a bit younger at the time, but you know they they liked they it. Love it, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's showing it's a bit like the Star Wars stuff, you know. Just because it's not for you mm. doesn't mean other people won't like it and, and get a different yeah. thing out of it, you know. Um, I've um, probably watched Saranga more than any other Jordan yeah. story because really? that's the one that Luca kept putting on yeah, yeah, yeah. he kept going back to this mm. one of, of um, the pregnant man and um, and the, the pating and you know I'd put the ghost monument on and you know turn around and next thing I know he's got the button skip I think also with um, um, Saranga conundrum there, there there's a really nice sense of rising tension throughout, throughout the thing mm, it kind mm. of builds and builds you know and it's uh, you know, it's 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 it, it's it just rattles mm, along, doesn't I it? Yeah, it's so, great. Yeah. You know, and it it doesn't um, it doesn't stay at any particular thing. You know, it's no, it's very you know, fast. Is it a, yeah, yeah. Is it a base <coughs> under siege? Yeah. Is it a you know, you know, it just kind of mm. you know keeps moving and keeps evolving as it as it goes along. So yeah, I've got a lot of time yeah. for that. I, one. I actually um, think it's it's. Similar in a way to Forty Two, the tenant story again, another Chibnall story, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you know the, the structure is very set. It's very tight. It's very contained. It's all on one ship, and 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 the problems just escalate from one, you know, uh, almost like from one yeah. countdown to another. But the whole thing is is a giant countdown towards the end, and it's mm. you know, and then along the way you kind of find out lots of different little things about other stuff about the universe, about yeah. that, you know, that that. that particular setup and their background and yeah. it's all in like what 42 minutes or 50 minutes in Saranga or whatever it is yeah, it's, you know, really it's, it's, it's cracking good stuff yeah. Yeah. Do, do you know more I, I actually said this before, Paul, invented a, a new genre to describe that type did of you story. share it's, please it's it's the kicking the can story it's official right here you probably didn't hear it here first but nonetheless <laughs> you're hearing it here now that's it <laughs> The plot just kind yeah. of kicks the resolution down the road. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, Orphan Fifty Five is another really yeah, good example right. of that. Mm. Um, and the um, ascension of the Cybermen, because every step that the Doctor takes doesn't resolve mm. the problem. Yeah, it just it makes it slightly out of reach again. You know, it it solves it for that particular yeah, like five short minutes, term whatever, fix, but then you've got a new then, problem to yeah, solve. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got to solve that one, and then it just kind of kicks mm. the resolution, you know, further down the road. So. There you go. I like, okay. I like I that. like it. I yeah, like that's it. very good. You should trademark that, Fraser. Put that on <laughs> yeah. your epitaph, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kick a resolution down the road. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's, um, that's a bit also like uh, Caves of Androzani, which is very much like that yeah. as well, actually, which Jeff still hasn't seen and which he needs to fix. No, I'm, and I'm waiting for the collection. Yeah. When we do it, mate, we're going to do, like, like honestly, we are going to do about 20 episodes around Caves <laughs> of Androzani because I could talk yeah, about that. we only that got one about Kill the Moon. Days. <gasps> <laughs> so uh, let's move on to, to Big Finish. Go on, then. Fraser, tell us a bit about your 
uh, your experiences with Big Finish and, and stuff that you like or listen to, or if you don't, we'll just skip on to question four. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's not much to tell, really. Um, I've not you know, experienced a great deal of Big Finish. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've got one mortgage already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> you know, sorry. sorry, Nick Briggs, but, you know, I can't. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's that enough, much yeah. now. Of, of big finish that you know you can't um you know keep up with everything no no um, not not without an unlimited budget and and the time yeah. to listen to it all yeah as well, well that's the thing you know I mean, we we've talked about this haven't we paul i um something came out a while ago and um you know saw it you know they say on twitter it's available now oh oh i ordered that oh i'll, I'll download <laughs> that and i looked on the big finish uh app or the site and i was like oh i haven't downloaded that one either and that one. Or that one. Or that, that one too. <laughs> oh dear. You know, how? <laughs> what have I been doing? And how am I going to listen to these? And, you know, I've, I've got some I just, you know, I haven't listened to mm. yet. And I think, you know, you you guys can probably relate. As, as you get older, and particularly when you've got kids, you know, your, your time for that sort of stuff becomes, you know, well, you know, any of it really, music and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it becomes limited, doesn't it? And you just can't yeah. fit it all in. Mm. You know, I've, I've got, uh, you know, Someone asked me today, how, how am I enjoying the new U2 album? I said, yes, yeah, it's, it's amazing, but there's there's four CDs to listen to. I haven't got enough time for four. I could probably get through one you know, a couple of times, but, you know, I haven't got time to listen yeah. to, to any more big finish and stuff. So, yeah, it, get, it gets difficult. And not to yeah, mention the, the, the scope of it all as well, like you said. Yeah, the the sort of earlier stuff is on Spotify, mm. or was yeah. on Spotify, I believe. Um, so you know, I have managed to to listen to a few. Um, you know, you you go kind of go for the big big hit as you go for like um, spare parts and in Jubilee, which are mm. you know excellent um, excellent stories. The Chimes of Midnight mm. Mm. Um, is is one that I've listened to and, and really enjoyed there as well. Um, so you know, it, it's it's it's. It's a fantastic thing, big finish, because it was, you know, um, you, you you look at the wilderness years and you think, you know, what kept us going, hmm. you know, what kept that that flame burning, you know, mm. we had, um, you know, we had sort of things around the thirtieth, mm. um, you know, dimensions of time, yeah, yeah. all these VHS releases and and everything. Then we had, you know, the sort of TV movie, um, you know, we've got the the new adventures being released. We've got the you know, missing, yeah, um, yeah, missing adventures. Yeah, Virgin and BBC so, books, yeah. You know, and and that's kind of petering out a bit, mm. and then, um, you know, so coming into the the, the start of the century, you, you you get a big finish coming up, who are who are kind of given a a, a new lease mm. of life to mm. to the show. You know, oh, it's audio adventures and it's it's original yeah. cast the members. Cast, it's, yeah, yeah, it's 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 Sylvester McCoy, it's Peter Davison, it's um. It's Colin Baker, and then it's Paul McGann as well. Yeah, I remember that. That was really you know, exciting when they got Paul McGann. Mm. Yeah, I remember getting the um, you know, that's that's another one I have listened to the um, storm. Oh, storm, storm warning. warning. Storm yeah. warning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know the first sort of like Paul mm. McGann one, which Doctor Who magazine gave away on a free CD. Um, do that again, Doctor Who. Magazine. Yeah, do it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see, see, for anyone listening who doesn't know what CD is. It's a, <laughs> It's a, it's a piece disc. of media, a little little disc yeah. around here. You put it yeah. in your thing, and it plays a thing, and then you hear sounds through your phones. It's what it is. Yeah. Like you don't have to yes. wind it up enough. You just plug it in, and it goes. Yeah. It's magic. 
And you know, if if you got those most people all turned off when I mentioned VHS, yeah. <laughs> they're not listening yeah. anymore. Yeah, they're yeah. gone. <laughs> and and the good thing about I'm not done with that acronym, Granddad. <laughs> yeah. If you've got no signal on your phone, a CD will still work for you in your car. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Although actually, because Big Finish do their download and CD, and they're getting rid of all their CDs mm. as they go out of print and yeah. not doing them. So I've when I when I have ordered a Big Finish, I tend to do the CD and the download. But the chances are actually right. I listen to the download, and the CDs are still mm. in their little cling film yeah, packets. Yeah, I, I stopped mm. buying the CDs, and I haven't got yeah. space for them either. Which is, which which I, is I do like to buy, uh, you know, a physical, you know, release. Like I said, I've got the U2 one in, in the full disc twice version. he's mentioned that now. I don't think it he's is, getting yeah. paid I, by I, Bono to keep mentioning it. I haven't got on to Avatar yet, but, um, you know, <laughs> I, I don't need the CDs for Big Finish stuff. You know, I'm not going to do anything with those. You know, like, it's not in a nice box or anything. Mm. Although the Tenth Doctor ones were, and I, and I went for those. But I think all Big Finish stuff generally... It, you know is is really good but it's just it's just you know you just can't listen to all of it mm. i think so you just kind of have to pick you know individual stories that really appeal uh you know or the doctors yeah. that you like the best like i like the unit series i listen to that or you know i saw there was a fourth doctor ice warriors one recently that just came out and i thought oh that might be quite good but you know i got other stuff i need <laughs> to get through first before i get hold of that <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 kind of a, a bit of a victim of its own success, isn't it? It's mm. it's kind of evolved from from where it started, where it was, you know, just you know those three or four doctors, and now it's mm. um, you know it's, 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 it's companion series. It's it's all the doctors. It's it's you know first, second, and third doctors. You know, yeah. um, it's you know daughters of companions voices yeah. Companions yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's lots, lots know, of little continuities I wonder if they got like a, a, a continuity board at big finish oh, enterprise offices or something big, it's like yeah, a big massive cyclorama of all these all. intertwining yeah. timelines maybe yeah I'll tell you what Probably I mean like massive Type yeah, exactly. Yeah, pull down wall chart that just keeps going and runs yeah. out into the car park. But of course, know, when when they stop. do other stuff as well, like because I I recently started getting into um, the, the Blake Seven audios because I mean Blake Seven is Ooh. another big big thing with me. I I absolutely love it, and I watched it again for a little while. So that that's coming around. But of course, I, I, you get the little I get the little alerts on my phone. One a few things I have notifications for, and Big Finish did this sale where they literally download all this Blake Seven stuff for like ninety nine p. So I thought I'll give it a go. I kid you not, honestly, I listened to the first thing. I thought this is the best thing I've I've heard <laughs> Big Finish come out with. I thought it was even better than the Doctor Who stuff. You know that first series of Blake Seven. It was. I mean, it. it you know when. I mean when Big Finish first started, and you listen to Sirens and Time, it's like oh my God, they've just got it. You know, and then you maybe perhaps become yeah. a little bit blase, and that becomes the expectation. They're always going to have got it, so they want you know more and more. But listening to a different title, you know, because I haven't listened to any Space Nineteen Ninety Nine or Sapphire and Steel or any of that stuff at all. I've literally only listened to Doctor Who, Big Finish, until I got the Blake Seven. I thought, bloody hell, that's good, really, really good. And it was a script in there by Andrew Smith. I'm going to plug this one. And it is just, honestly, I think it's up there with the very best Blake Seven stories. It's so, so good. Brilliant. So, you know, 
I have to feel like we're kind of advertising. We're doing Big Finish's job. Not that they need us to do their job, but we do talk about them a lot, and we interview a lot of people from there, don't we? So yeah, yeah. You know, but kudos, their, they're doing a fantastic talent, job. Yeah. So yeah, you can't are. knock it yeah. for that. This is it? Like I say, it's it's, it's a really big mm. part of. The it is. You're right. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. We are joined by our very special guest, Toom from Twitter, Mr. Mestor the Magnificent, a.k.a. Peter. How are you doing, Mestor, a.k.a. Peter, sir? Are you well? I am very well indeed, thank you, and and feeling very privileged and honoured to have been invited onto your podcast. Oh. Yeah, that's right, mate. The paycheck's in the post. That's, say, it's <laughs> that's very kind. You got the script. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, those dulcet tones are also provided by Mr. Jeff, my uh, my my long-suffering co-host on this very podcast. How are you, Jeff? Have yeah. you had a good day, mate? Uh, uh, yeah, I've been looking after four kids today. So uh, awesome. You, awesome. You think yeah. you're tired? Well, actually, Peter, how many kids? Oh, you on you on half term as well? I suppose, aren't you? He's a teacher, mate. He's on half term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I am. I am. But you know, I, I look after what is it about 150 kids a day. So, oh, all right, all right. And then I come home to my own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you, you own 150. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, yeah. yeah. Mestol's been pretty magnificent yeah. for that one. That's for sure. Yeah. Busy, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Is it is it is it a is it a, a comprehensive a grammar school or a primary school? Where, where, where do you teach? It's it's a secondary school, uh, an independent school here in the northwest. And I spend the day uh-huh. job when not um, obviously tyrannising the population of Jaconda. I teach English. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Have, have you been doing the teaching job for long? Far too long. Um, I'm coming up to <laughs> 19 years this year. Wow. Oh, really? Wow. 20, 20 if you I, include I, the, the, the year I spent training. So, you know, near yeah. enough two decades in the job. Wow. And still enjoying it? Enjoying it would probably be, be near the mark. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I, I enjoy yeah. it enormously. Yeah, I'm very lucky My, really, uh, to, to be teaching where, where I do. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, my sister-in-law is a teacher as well, and um, she uh, she enjoys it as well. But yeah, there's you know, it's it's tough sometimes, isn't it? I think you know, and uh, it is. It's the management I, I that does my head in more than the more than the kids. You know, the the, the main yeah. part of the job being able to talk about books and stories all day is is just a dream. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of what she said. Yeah, the the sort of yeah the uh, official side of it. You know, I remember I did a talk at the school she teaches at a couple of years ago, and um, I talked to three three uh, classes of kids. And at the end of the day, I was this is really before I had kids. I was absolutely knackered, and I said to her, "You do this every day, like fair play." <laughs> mm. It's it's you know when you don't do it all that often, it's it's quite tiring, isn't it? You know, having to, you know keep on the ball like that all the time and at the end of one of my sessions I said to the kids well you know I hope you've learnt a little bit today and this kid down the front went no we haven't learnt a bit and I thought you, <laughs> we haven't you, learnt anything you, you that cheek- idiot's been standing yeah. up talking at us for four hours <laughs> I thought you cheeky yeah. git and he went we've learnt loads and I said, "Oh, uh, okay, wow." Yeah, so that was that was really nice. So maybe he was beautiful, mate. put, put um, up to it. I don't know. <laughs> it's got me choked up right there. You see that <laughs> yep. emotion? Look at that emotion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm emoting. I'm for, emoting. For people, so, people not watching on YouTube, Paul is currently in floods of tears. <laughs> yeah, I literally am. Look at yeah, that. Yeah. All right. 
Happy right. tears. Yeah. Just stop. stop. <laughs> <laughs> Am I overdoing it? Am I overdoing it? Right, okay. Before this conversation gets any more surreal, let's start talking about our favourite subject, Doctor Who, for which Mestor the Magnificent has gorgeously dressed up in the Seventh Doctor tank top. That is fabulous. Yeah. Look at it, with all its question markness and, and everything. It's brilliant. Where, where did you get that? I'm just trying to remember. I think it? I think it must have been one of the Forbidden Planets because it's not the Dapol one. Because Dapol did one, uh, ah, if you remember, yeah, way yeah. back in the yeah. early '90s. I think this mm. came from Forbidden Planet. I've had it for longer than I'd care to admit, um, and it's really on occasions like this that I can actually get it out and wear it. I, I promise <laughs> I don't actually sit and watch Doctor Who in this uh you know when i'm just casually you know, watching um, but but if if you do you totally you, you can tell that. us here it's absolutely <laughs> well if i was going to admit we'll it anywhere it would be here yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's it yeah, and, that's brilliant. and um we should say for people who are listening and not watching you've got a, a rather impressive dalek behind you as well haven't you look at that. yes yes i have uh, it's a this planet earth replica of uh, of a genesis dalek wow so, uh, where did that? Where did you get that? Was it from this country, or did you have to ship it in from somewhere? And you know, what did it cost? And no, this Planet you know. Earth are um, a, a British-based company. Uh, they've okay. been making licensed replicas of Doctor Who since I first became aware of them in the mid '90s. I remember seeing a flyer in Forbidden Planet and thinking, "Oh, I must have one of those." And of yeah. course, it was about fifteen <laughs> at the time, and and they are, they are, are a ridiculous price. But this yeah. came about mm. because. After I'd completed my first year in teaching, at the time, English was a shortage subject. And so to, to get you to stay on in the job, they gave you at the end of your first year, if you completed it, what they called a golden hello. And right. that was a, a, oh. a, a payment of about £4,000 on top of the usual salary. And at the time, I didn't have a mortgage, I didn't have any dependents, and all of a sudden, yeah. I had this huge <laughs> chunk of money, and I thought, what am I going to do with this? And that's, that's, I know. That was <laughs> that's the, the result, result. <laughs> the, um, the This Planet Earth Gen Genesis Dalek. Yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. I mean, this is going back is to really? 2006, yeah. and now they're near enough wow. £4,000. Wow. Uh, I think I've... this one was just short of 2000 in the day, so they've gone yeah. up an enormous amount in the last few years. Yeah. I've not heard of them, actually. I've heard of um, Roberto, who make the um, Sonic replicas, you know, and they yeah. do, like, a you know limited number, and, like, the, the 13th Doctor's one was metal, for example, you know, rather than a, a you know, plastic replica. Yeah. And um, I must admit, you know, I looked into those, because, you know, I love 13's one. I thought, that's awesome. And then I looked at it, I was like, yeah, I, there's no way I can... Uh, Get a three hundred pound Sonic It'll and you know, that. yeah, you know <laughs> that my wife is <laughs> not gonna let that one go, <laughs> mate. Can you imagine you you, t you turn up with it with a with a two two thousand four thousand pound Dalek and say, look what I bought, my yeah. love. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and and at least Pete, for you, you know, you, you bought that maybe you you know if if uh, you know you had your, your partner back no then mortgage, or anything, yeah, no mortgage, yeah. you know, it it was there before, you know adult life kind commitments. of yeah, commitments absolutely things, yeah. I mean I was I was living with with my parents at the time and they this planet earth actually delivered it on a weekend when they were away and they it, it oh, came right. on Saturday and they returned home on the Sunday to find yeah. this built in the in the dining room and I'd sort of prepared them beforehand but I think that yeah. they're still certainly trying to get over the shock <laughs> so uh, yeah, long long delayed. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, so does does the, does the Dalek occupy a very special place in your house? Then do you, do you keep him, or does he move around locations? He's recently been moved down here. I thought it was time when I was sorting out the the Doctor Who book collection uh, last mm. summer, and prior to that, he'd actually been on the landing. Uh, surprising people who were new visitors to the house because <laughs> he used to be on the second landing. So if you were new to the house and you went to the bathroom, you'd go on to the mm. first landing so the Dalek would be behind you and you wouldn't know he was there. And then when right. they came out oh. of the toilet, they got this shock because there was there was the Dalek <laughs> on the landing. But when I when I got this yeah. display behind me sorted, I thought it was about time he, he took up pride of place. And it also gave me an excuse mm. to dust him because they are incredible dust magnets so yeah. it was an, it was a good opportunity to actually get him spick and span and polished yeah that's great yeah it's he's pride, pride, of, like pride of the collection pride and yeah joy. What, what 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 you need to get yourself now is is, is a ring modulator so then you can really scare yeah. the crap out of people oh, you should well, I, I, I don't have a physical ring modulator but i do use um mm. what's the i can't remember the name of the software but um, I've I've done quite a few Dalek uh, voices for various amateur productions, so yeah. I I, I oh, tend okay. to use the because some of the software is is very good indeed for the ring modulator mm. effect. So uh, that's that's that tends to be what I've used when I've done sort of a little bit um, Amdram stuff, and I've made my own yeah. animations and things like that on my YouTube channel. So that that tends oh, okay. to be how I do. Oh Dalek yes, voices. yeah. We'll we'll have to give a, a share of that. Yeah, you okay. know you could. Um, set him up so he's got some sort of um you know proximity sensor so when people go and have a closer look <laughs> it, you know <laughs> it's extremely yeah, goes yeah. off yeah. i know that you can buy um a voice um i think you can get a, a speaker oh. which you can put inside yeah. and the lights actually if you have the electrical know-how which i don't you can actually hook them up to this voice and, unit, them up, yeah? and then oh, it brilliant. you know you it, it has so the, go in sync. the lights as well yeah that's pretty good, that's, isn't it? That's pretty but it's completely, uh, yeah. I, I think because, as I understand it, um, mm. in order for them not to end up with insurance claims of people injuring themselves actually operating right. the garlic, it is completely hollow. So it's not like the ones that you see at mm. conventions that people right, have built with, at home. It's yeah. there's there's nothing inside. It's completely hollow. But there is a space where you can put the voice unit and and connect up the lights. Should you wish to do so. Should you wish Indeed. To, yeah. And then it's on you, isn't it? And it's nothing yep. to do with the manufacturers. It's yep. totally on you. If you electrocute yourself, then it's yep. your yeah. fault. <laughs> nothing to do with that, I'm afraid. Yes, you're on your own, sunshine. You want to hook it up to lights in a voice box? Yes, it's perfectly fine. But we didn't advise you to do that, nor did we give the means. And that's legal. That's yeah. it. That's, yeah. it. <laughs> that's my solicitor's voice. That, that's I'm exactly just, the voice um, I use. I'm just <laughs> looking at their website, actually. I, yeah, I'm just googling it. Look at that. Yeah, there's oh, an the impressive range of stuff. Well. I mean, the Cybermen helmets and uh, look yeah. really good. Mm. Um, I think they've even started well. doing an Ice Warrior, which would be pretty they, impressive. They have, and they've got Weeping Angels Ooh. as well. They, they've got a a, a door, a, um, a a door plaque type thing of one of the heads coming out, which is quite good. They used to do a canine at one point, but I think they stopped Did doing they? that. Yeah. And they, they used to they, do the, the the TARDIS as well. I'm not sure they yeah. do that anymore. They've they've got it on here, and they they do have. This is, uh, 
Yeah, they got they got the Jody one, and then looks like they got all the others as well. But I, I can't quite tell whether you can buy them or not. I'm not saying I'm going to buy one live on the podcast now. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff buys Tardis live on our podcast. That's okay. content, mate. Right there, that's what that is. I don't know where. That's what we need. Where on earth would yeah. I hide that? Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, anyway. whilst whilst Jeff yeah, whilst, is doing that, whilst so. I get my wallet out. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Peter, uh, tell us um, what Doctor is your favourite, if you have one, uh, and which era is is your favourite as well. Um, you know, you've you've been there from quite quite uh, you know the 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 early days, relatively not as early as Paul, um, but you know. Oi. <laughs> Behave yourself, young man. In spite of the in spite of the garb that that I've chosen to wear this evening, I, I sometimes feel a bit like I'm betraying Sylvester and Sylvester's era because I love it, you know, unreservedly, and it was mm. the era I grew yeah. up with. However, my favourite Doctor and my favourite era would have to be the John Pertwee era. Um, I, I just think that I, I came to John Pertwee's stuff very early because. Uh, I remember for Christmas 1988, I got Death to the Daleks on VHS. And then the following year, it was a year until I got my next VHS, so post-season 26, the next VHS I got was Day of the Daleks. And then that was followed quite quickly then by Spearhead Mm. from Space. So I I was aware of John Pertwee as a doctor long before Mm. I'd seen Tom Baker in anything. And certainly long before I'd seen either William Hartnell or Patrick Troughton. And I just think there is something, it's the, for me, it's my ultimate comfort who. And if, mm. if I'm ever in the mood to watch a Doctor Who story and I'm not following a marathon like I am at the moment, <laughs> more often than not, I'll default to a John Pertwee story because I just think it's an incredibly special era of the program. Mm. And although it's obvious that, you know, through, throughout the eras, um, people are enjoying making it and they're enjoying what they're doing, you can detect the family atmosphere of the Pertwee era, I think, when you're watching yeah, yeah. the chemistry on mm. screen. And also the fact that it, it splits into three, I think, three very distinct sections. Season seven, which is unlike anything yeah. else. And funnily enough, and this may be heresy, it's actually my least favourite John Pertwee season because I just find that Silurians <laughs> and Ambassadors of Death and Inferno, they just go on for too long. You know, if you shaved a couple of episodes yeah. off here and there, I mean, they're absolutely. <gasps> I enjoy watching them. I enjoy watching them, but they're not my go-to. Apart from Spearhead from Space, which is just god tier as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Then obviously you've got the the Joe Grant era, uh, which is yeah. incredibly special. And then, although it tends not to be most fans' favourite, mm. I really, really like season eleven. I think it's it does yeah. something different with the Pertwee mm. era while also retaining that sort of coziness yeah. and that sort mm. of chemistry. And uh, another controversial statement, and, and I'm, I'm full of them because go I on, tend go to find yeah. most, keep, keep most of my opinions about Doctor Who don't <laughs> chime with the rest of fandom. I actually think that Sarah Jane yeah. Smith works better with John Pertwee than she does with Tom Baker. And that's something that I've, I've, yeah. I've felt for quite some time, but I just love that yeah. era so much. Yeah, that's that's an interesting view. Um, I, think, <laughs> I, I, I think you're wrong. Uh, no, I, I don't. I, I, <laughs> I, um, 
I, I like Pertwee with, with Sarah Jane as well, and, and sometimes when I sort of think about it, um, you know, he, he had two kind of, you know how most Doctors have, uh, you know, a, a, an iconic companion, you, you know, that you, you picture them with, you know, and, and for me, uh, you know, the fourth Doctor is with Sarah Jane, and, and maybe Leela after a lot of audio stuff, actually, um, but Pertwee, it, it's usually Joe Grant, but, you know, there is something special about his, his him and Sarah Jane, you know, and, um, yeah. you know, they, they were really good together as well. But I think their time together is actually quite short as well, isn't it? Because it, yeah. it is only that, that one season. Yeah, and exactly. she's just really starting off in the character. It's quite interesting mm. when you, when when you look at um, was it the, the Time Warrior, which is her first one. That's mm. her establishing the character. She's really strong in that. She she yeah. drives her position through the narrative. And then we get, is it Invasion of the Dinosaurs straight after that? It is, and she's brilliant is, in it? that as well. She's fabulous. Yeah, but then we get Death to the Daleks, mm-hmm. in which she's just like random companion and there's very little character in, in the you can see you can see can't you nation just scripted that for a generic female doctor who companion and 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 liz is doing what she can to bring something to it but it's, it's probably one of the reasons i'm not a massive fan of death to the daleks actually because it's almost like um a terry nation sort of puzzle book you're just putting his kind of usual tomes the usual things together maybe mixing it up a little bit because uh, the daleks are given machine guns Rather than their usual kind of blasters, exterminate <laughs> things. But essentially, it's you know it's kind of by the numbers. Terry Nation. They rock up on a planet. There's a plague. Um, there's somebody called Tarrant somewhere. Um, there's uh, there's, a, there's a, a, a mysterious city. There's some sacrificing to be done. Sarah Jane almost comes under the cosh of, a, of an Exelon knife at some point. You know, I, I must admit, I it's it's not my favourite, but. Again, you've got to look at these things in context. You know, we've had a lot of stories since then, which have kind of followed that that shape, that story structure, and and maybe it's retrospectively jaded for me actually, because maybe it wasn't quite so cliched at the time. I don't know. I'm just reaching. I'm you reaching. The <laughs> wrong for me because it's the first serial <laughs> that I ever saw. And time and time and time mm. again. And it's it, it's one of those that it's now it's I feel very, bad. I feel no, horrible no, not now. at all. It's it's quite again, it's quite a divisive story in fandom because if you look at mm. some of the polls on Twitter, some people absolutely slate it and think it's a dreadful story. And then you've yeah. got others like me who, you know, champion <laughs> it champion it till to the hilt, and you can see all quite of its right. flaws. But mm. I, I I, I stand by this. I don't think Michael Bryant directed a single bad serial of mm, Doctor Who. Mm. Even Colony in Space, which is not universally loved, Revenge of See, the Cybermen, again, love. it falls I, into I that divisive. Mm. Uh, you know, a bit like Death to the Daleks. Some people can't stand mm, Revenge mm. of the Cybermen. Others like me love it. And then, of course, you've got the Green Death and you've got Robots of Death. I just don't think he ever did anything wrong, personally. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that, that's, that's a good take. I like that. And I think one, one and this is like the charm or the magic of Doctor Who in a, in a nutshell, isn't it? Because certain stories are special to, to, to all of us in different ways, whether it's yeah. because it was our first one or because, you know, just it, we, 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 our eyes opened perhaps when we saw a particular story. It just spoke mm. to us directly mm. or something happy was going on in life or, or whatever yeah. it is. There's, and, and that's quite, you know, when you feel that, it's quite harsh when people then attack it for being bland or boring or 
whatever you know it's like well no this is my special story yeah. man and, yeah and that's it that's you know so much of it, it it's what it means to mm. you and how you've engaged with it and you know it, it might be you know bad on paper or something but it, if you enjoy it that's that's what matters Absolutely. really you yeah, know yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, and death to the daleks does have sorry go on no, I was just going to say I'm blessed with quite a good memory. I can usually remember oh, I wish where been, yeah. I bought the VHS tape of any yeah. given story. And so it, most stories up to a point have got some sort mm. of nostalgic connection. And I think yeah, a lot of it, yeah. I mean, I can see all of the flaws of the twin dilemma. I really can. Mm. But I adore it because I don't, hence you yeah. know, why I chose that particular Twitter handle. Because I think it gets an incredibly bad press. And yet, mm. to me, because of the nostalgia and the fact that I just find it an incredibly entertaining hour and 40 minutes yeah, of television. But that's it. You, you know, know, in the, in the same way that people it. champion. I mean, I, I'm mm. not a huge fan of season 18. I, uh, there's quite a few stories in season 18 that mm. I find quite a slog to get yeah. through. I don't like mm. Megloth, I don't like Warrior's Gate. And there are others in there. I mean, the Keeper of Tracken is worthy but dull, I think. But for some people, they absolutely adore. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, no, hi. I beg your pardon. Hello. I've, made, I've made a terrible faux pas there. I didn't mean Keeper of Tracken. I meant Logopolis. Logopolis is worthy but dull. I actually quite like the Keeper of Tracken because it comes it comes uh, close to being yeah. you know, Doctor Who does Shakespeare, which I, I mm. really quite enjoy. But uh, yeah. again, you know, there are those who adore season 18 because it's where they came into the program. And, exactly. And it, and it That's no me. That's me right there. Yeah. yeah. It's it's what you know, what you individually you know everyone enjoys. You know, it's, it is. Yeah. That's it. Know, kind of. But like I said, it leads, for, I mean, it leads for good good old debate. Well, I like I love so the debates we, on Twitter, except mm. when they get nasty, which they do occasionally. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, quite a, quite yeah. a while ago, I stopped saying. Mm. I stopped using words like best or worst. Because mm. any sort of art is subjective, so I now tend yeah, yeah, to talk about favourite yeah. and least favourite now. Because yes. you know something well, that, well, that's that I consider it. to be yeah. the best Doctor Who story ever, mm. it's going to be agreed with by certain members of fandom yeah. and others. You know, I mean, I, I've seen quite a few people talk down Remembrance in recent times. You know, there was a point where Remembrance mm. seemed to do no wrong. Uh, for me, Remembrance will always be the best Doctor Who story because that's what turned me into a fan but I don't tend to refer to it in that way now it's my number one it's my favorite and I, yeah, I just think yeah. that circumvents some of the um, some of the, the more hostile responses one might get by proclaiming that something is the best or the worst or whatever the best mm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it, can, it can be quite um, yeah quite a conflagration at, at, at times on the old social media, but can it? we're all adults, you know. <laughs> we can be responsible we up can. to a point. We can, <laughs> we can, show, we can set a, a good example for the kids. So, Peter, would you say yes. you're more of a, a classic Who fan than Oh, New definitely. Who? Something about the revival era of Doctor Who mm. has never, ever appealed to me. I, I gave really? it a chance. Mm. I wanted to love it. And... To me, it's a different program. I think it's it is made very in a very different in, yeah. way. Yeah. I think the some of the narrative decisions which have been made, I haven't liked. Mm. Um, I probably allow my dislike of the people who are making it as well. I've I, I've always found, and this will be an awful thing to say, 
I've always found RTD a little bit arrogant. I don't like his attitude. And I think that has coloured my appreciation okay. of, yeah, of, of yeah. I found mm. I, I didn't. I've, I've stick. I've stuck with it. I've I've watched every episode. Bar I think there's one or two of the of the mm. Peter Capaldi era that I still haven't seen, and I'm not really in any rush to go and see them. But it it's it, it's not me wanting it to be the classic series, but it turned me off almost immediately. Mm, and yeah. this is one of the reasons why, as a fan and as a collector, I have very, very little Revival-era merchandise in my collection mm, because mm. it doesn't inspire the same enthusiasm in me as um, the, the classic series does. And I don't think that's just nostalgia because Doctor Who had been off the air, what was it, seven years when the TV mm. came along. Yeah, and I I remember watching the TV movie. It was in the half term break when I was doing my GCSEs, and I remember sitting down on that bank holiday Monday and just blown away by it, and thinking Mm. this is marvelous. Bearing in mind that this is going back to the day when Doctor Who magazine as a publication, and again maybe I'm speaking Mm. out of turn, maybe I'm getting it wrong, but Doctor Who magazine was much more. Its approach to the program was much more critical, and I don't mean critical as in only finding the bad things. It tended to look at both the good and the bad, and there was a lot of scope for yeah. discussion. Mm. And I remember the the overall impression I got of the TV movie at the time was that it wasn't widely liked. That was certainly what I took from mm. a lot of the journalism in, in Doctor Who magazine. I absolutely adored it and was really, yeah, really disappointed yeah, yeah. when it mm. when it wasn't then. Yeah. Um, and, and bearing in mind that that was to some extent tonally different because it was so filmic, it was set in mm. America. Mm. None of that mattered because to me, it felt like Doctor Who. I know Doctor Who is many, many things, and that's one of the marvelous things about it. But I don't think it works as kitchen sink drama and soap opera. And to me, that's what we got with the RTD mm. era. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that, that, for me, has never really changed. And that's one of the reasons why I find it very, very difficult to connect with it. I've tried going back and rewatched certain stories that I remember as mm. being maybe better than others. But there's nothing there. To me, there's no spark to it. The format is wrong. And I'm probably being rather irrational in in some of the ways that I look at it but all I know is it has Mm. never clicked with me since that night in March in 2005 when Rose went out and although I've stuck with it and although I still watch it Mm. I watch it with a with a sort of passing Mm. interest but it just yeah. doesn't grab me in the way that I can go back time and time and time again yeah. to the classics and never ever be bored by it. That that goes back to what we were just saying, though. That you know everything, uh, you know any art, it, it connects differently with other with people. Mm. And you're you know and and you're obviously uh, you know hugely passionate you know about the the classic era, and and I can understand the new era not 
kind of you know quote unquote working for you because you know it's it's faster paced it's very different in its its structure and you know you're you're right you know the rtd stuff was very kind of you know soap opera kitchen sink stuff in in a way um and and i can also you know on the flip side see why people who uh you know got into it with the new Mm. series have found certainly some you know earlier classic stuff you know Quite harder to, to you know mm. because it's so yeah. slow and there's so many episodes to you know parts to a to a story and stuff and it's you know entirely valid on on both sides mm. you know um and and yeah that's, well, you, that's you, all you, I, you, you know. it, the new series kind of research uh, sparked your interest in it didn't it Jeff because like you were saying you'd kind of lost track of it after after yeah. it finished fa- y- well yeah so my, if it my, hadn't my, come back with the TV movie and then the revived yeah you know, the Russell if, T Davis stories then yeah, yeah you I might, you know Do- Doctor Who would probably yeah say say there was no more after the TV mm-hmm. movie yeah, God, never really thought about. It. I don't know why. What would have happened? It might have been <laughs> something that I might have seen, you know, in a, you know, on, on yeah. DVD or something. Eventually, so oh, you know, I remember that. Might, you know, I remember that. From that way you know. back when. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and think of know, all those new fans who come on board, who found, you know, who, who discovered it on on in two thousand and five onwards, and mm. you know, and, and they're sort of carrying the flame forwards. I I, I, can, I can see it from from both sides really, because I, yeah, I must admit, I my. I I would well I don't know would I I think up until the recent probably series ten I think until then I would have probably more likely to switched on a classic story just for my comfort the comfort watch than any modern modern episode maybe a couple of tenant episodes I I can kind of just because they're quite short and you can devour them quite quickly I think that's that's sometimes a good thing but if I wanted something a bit more meaty I would probably still put a classic series on until until we got the series 10 I think that was for me when actually because I I actually quite quite like the you know Rose and the early um, RTD stories and then they tended to get a little bit formulaic and then they sort of sparked up again with um you know, towards the end of Peter Capaldi's run, and it's almost actually like I'm sort of looking again at Capal- a lot of Capaldi stories that I didn't like at the time, and actually kind of reevaluating my approach and thinking, actually, do you know what that that story? I mean, a good one is actually Robots of Sherwood, which which I didn't really enjoy at all first time round, and then I watched it again a few times. I think actually, no, I kind of like it, and I'm finding that with a lot of these things. You know, it's. Sorry, I'm rambling. I'm totally rambling. I'm just no. realising. But <laughs> I think what, one thing I've never, I would, I wouldn't take away from mm. from the revival is the fact that it has brought so many other fans on board. Some of whom yeah, I've met, yeah. and it's it's mm. really obvious that they have the same passion for the Tennant mm. era or the Matt Smith era as I mm. do for Pertwee and, and the rest of the classic series. And I think as yeah. well it has sparked a, a reinterest in the classic series. You know, when we, yeah, we had absolutely. a certain yeah. upswing yeah. of classic mm. merchandise as mm. a result of the popularity of yeah. the... Of, of, I suppose we can't really call it the new series anymore, can we? Because no, it's, not anymore, no. It's, for, it's, no. But what is it now? You, you're right, though. Years? Like. Uh, Sixteen, seventeen, I think, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's I mean, f- you know, twenty twenty-three. So, yeah. if nearly we're twenty years back on two thousand and five. That is yeah. like watching the twin. No, like watching Attack of the Cybermen. Or, or as as Attack of the Cybermen is that's our new episode, mm-hmm. but the one we're watching is from nineteen sixty-five. So that could be like the massacre or something mm. like that. Hartnell, yeah. a late Hartnell story. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, uh, that's amazing, isn't you, it? You know, when when the show came back, I I thought, oh yeah, you know, I liked Doctor Who. You know, I, I'll check this out. Mm. And I, I watched the first three uh, Eccleston episodes as they went out. And then I had work and you know missed missed them for Stuff. you know a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then I bought that still inconveniently sized TARDIS <laughs> Big box oh, set yeah. that that you know charity shop staple. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, I watched them all in a, in a weekend. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, this is this is great. I'm you know I'm loving this. Um, and then you know as as that went on. You know, I started to kind of go back into the classics a bit. You know, buying the you know the single story Blu-ray in DVDs and stuff. You know, um, and and I remember going to the fiftieth uh, you know anniversary event and and then the Capaldi one that they did a couple of years later. You know, and buying those and going into Smiths mm. and buying them and stuff. And you know, like H and V would have them on sale for a fiver, so you could get you know three for the price mm-hmm. of one. You know, normally, um, you know, building that up and kind of going back, you know, to, to stuff in the in the past. And uh, I remember always being pissed that um, uh, Silver Nemesis was part of that that three story box set, and I always found that it was too expensive to buy just just to get <laughs> that one. So I'm still waiting on that because I remember that one, you know, from, oh, from when I was younger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. You know, I obviously I knew of the you know the classic stuff, but yeah, you know this the revival kind of got mm. got me to go back to it in a way that you know I, I hadn't you know originally as, as it were. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for joining us this week, everyone. It's it's always great talking to other fans. Yeah, definitely. So if you're listening and you want to join in on a future Meet the Whovians, let us know. But let we'll us be know. Back. Yes. Yeah, do. Just drop us a DM. Let us know. Um, and we'll be back next week with more from Dom and Felix and Mestor. Um, and we'll catch you then. Bye for now. Bye.